Well, my name is Julie Alsop. I'm new around here. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've been over here. It is good to be with all of you. And how fun to sing uh, our uh, favorite hymns this morning. Uh, this morning, uh, our message is um, roadblocks and detours. And I thought it was fitting as I came in this morning because we uh, are going to be so blessed this afternoon to have the Bell uh, concert today at 4. So I encourage you to, to, to come back at 4 o'clock, and we've got everything set up up here. And somebody asked how I was going to get down here for the, uh, for the third grade Bible presentation. I said, I'm not. I'm going to stay right here because it's hard to get down there, right? And then I thought, oh, the Applite, she did such a good job getting up here. So uh, we've got a few, but these are all good things up here, right? Good things. So uh, back in the day, uh, many of us would travel uh, with a trip tick or a map. Anybody? I'm speaking your language, right? Yeah, going to AAA and get our, our trip tick, and we'd get our map, and we'd highlight it, uh, maybe even have an atlas. And again, we would highlight uh, that route. And today, we have electronic devices uh, to talk to us and tell us which way to go, even sophisticated to tell us when there are roadblocks and detours, and even potholes. It's amazing how far technology has come. Uh, but there's nothing worse than when you're traveling and you're relying on this device to tell you which way to go, which way to turn, and it says lost signal, right? Some of you may have experienced that. And it stops talking to you when you're like, uh-oh, and you begin to panic. And, and you find yourself talking to that device. Sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's not nice, right? When it leaves us. Uh, this summer I was in Philadelphia uh, doing some business uh, for the seminary, and my flight had gotten in early that morning. So I went downtown to uh, take in the sights and the food and uh, the nation's history, and, and yes, I, I had a Philly cheesesteak, and I went up the rocky steps. Because I thought, people are going to ask me these two things. Uh, and it's, those stop, steps are not that intimidating. Of course, I didn't run up them. I just walked. Um, so I found myself relying on technology, because I had never been to Philadelphia before, uh, to get me where I wanted to go. And uh, I spent the whole day in downtown and just had an amazing time. And uh, my, my destination was up in the Valley Forge area. And so uh, the sun was starting to set, and I thought, I, I better, you know, find my way out of the city and my way up to Valley Forge. And so I, I came out of the parking garage, and my GPS was blank. And my phone was not talking to me, and I began to have a bit of a panic. And, and you come up out of it, and you've got people behind you, like, oh, i got to turn right or i got to turn left. And so there's people behind me, and I decided, okay, I'm just going to turn right. So turning right got me on the highway, and it took me the opposite way, and I ended up in New Jersey. <laughs> and I even got an unplanned uh, toll because of my wrong turn. I got to even pay for my wrong turn, right? And so thank goodness my phone came back on and I was able to get to my final destination. My message this morning again is roadblocks and detours and, and rerouting and, and we make plans uh, in life. We set goals and uh, things that we want to do personally and professionally and we, we lay out a path of how we're going to get there. And then life happens. And sometimes things don't happen the way that we wanted them to go. Sometimes we don't get that job that we wanted. Maybe we get married or not, or it's a marriage that ended. We experience loss of a loved one, maybe face a diagnosis. And we say, wait a minute, this isn't what I had planned for my life. I had this path that I had planned out, and then you find yourself taking these unexpected detours because of a roadblock. And before you know it, you're rerouting, and honestly, you're in a time where you might want to escape. But oftentimes, God blesses us 
in the midst of all the twists and turns of life. God has uh, made a way of escape for you. I love this quote. God has, has already made a way of escape for you, and it will not always be obvious. Let me promise you, the Red Sea did not look like a four-lane highway. It looked like a death trap. But sometimes it's straight through the thing that you fear that leads to the freedom that you desire. It's a quote by Stephen Furtick. This morning we're going to look at the uh, escape route of the Israelites as they fled from Egypt. You see, God had freed them from slavery and bondage. And as they left Egypt, I can only imagine what they must have thought. We're free. No more oppression. We can do what we want to do. God has saved us. And the next, the next stop is the promised land. And, and by our, our GPS or our Google Maps or our, by our ways, no, they didn't really have that back then. But if they did, they should say, we'll be there by late next week. And off they went. It is estimated that over 2.4 million people left Egypt, men, women, and children. And it gives a new meaning to mass exodus. This would be close to moving every person in the state of New Mexico over a state or two. And that's a lot of people. I would think that Moses uh, would have concurred with, with Garmin or the smartphone to reach the final destination in the shortest amount of time possible with that amount of people. But God gave them a holy detour. They just uh, didn't know at the time. Some of you also may be experiencing a holy detour, detour, and you just don't know either. I'd like to share a passage with you. It's from Exodus 13, verses 17 through 22. Uh, I'd encourage you to read along. Uh, you've got a Bible uh, in the front of your pew. Again, Exodus 13, 17 to 22. Also, I'd encourage you to hear these words as I read them aloud. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Succoth, they, came, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night, a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God knew. God knew that if they had taken the shorter route that they would have encountered the Egyptian posts. And the Philistines would engage in battle. And they would have either been wiped out or they would want to turn back the uh, long way that God had sent them. But you see, God is in the details from the route, taking them the long way. And, and who is going? 2.4 million people who, who are not to forget Joseph, right? Who are not to forget Joseph. And even went before them to make sure that they were okay. The cloud of God's presence never left them. Our human vision can only see so far. But God sees the whole picture. And Paul reminds us we walk by faith and not by sight. What could have taken days took decades, four of them, to reach the promised land. Some didn't make it. 
New generations were born and a lot changed from the initial exodus. But they continued to trust God and move forward. In what areas of your life do you need to trust God and keep moving? Waiting in the midst of moving. Seems counterintuitive, but life doesn't stop, does it? Life does not stop. Why the wait? God is in the waiting, sometimes to protect us. Sometimes uh, we aren't ready for whatever is ahead of us. Sometimes we might need to learn more or gain more confidence. Sometimes he just wants us to turn to him in the midst of our wait. The cloud of God's presence never left them. Trust him. God isn't in a hurry. Doors may close and new doors may open. And the presence of God never leaves you as well. So in the weights of life, do we listen to God and learn? Or just complain about the circumstances? Do we resist, complain, or even get mad and find ourselves desperate for God's presence, yet we move farther away from him? We are our masters at planning and orchestrating and fine-tuning our schedules. And it's hard to admit that not everything is in our control. God uses the time to work where you are and wants each and every one of us to learn the art of waiting purposefully. When you find yourself waiting like 40 years in the desert, thinking to yourself, why am I here? What am I doing? Remember, there is a purpose and an opportunity to rediscover something that the Lord has already given to you and possibly even a better plan. As uh, Garth Brooks sings this song, I'm glad I didn't know the way it would all end or the way it would all go, or I would have missed the dance. So what does waiting look like for you? Waiting to finish a degree, waiting to find Mr. and Mrs. Wright, waiting uh, nine months for a baby to come into the world, waiting for a little one to walk or be potty trained, waiting for a teenager to grow up, or a promotion, waiting for test results to come back, waiting to buy or sell a house, maybe even waiting to retire. Psalm 25 tells us, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. In your seasons of waiting and, and sometimes moving slower than you might want, know that the presence of God never leaves you. And there are some times in life where uh, our circumstances don't change. Maybe we've been dealt a hand that we didn't want that hand. But if your circumstances can't change, then possibly ask God to change your attitude towards it. Exodus 13, after leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. And by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. I love this imagery of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Never left its place in front of them. It wasn't behind or beside, but in front, leading the way. God knew that he had sent them the long way. And when he did it, he was also with them every step of the way. 
the pillars are referred to as Shekinah glory. Shekinah uh, is a Hebrew name meaning dwelling or the one who dwells in Shekinah glory. And it's a visible manifestation of God's glory here on earth. And it was the most visible uh, in the Old Testament through the pillars of cloud and fire. Also uh, through the burning bush and when Moses would encounter God. When Jesus was born, Luke tells us, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. You see, we see manifestations of God in Jesus. And when Jesus ascended and we were given the Holy Spirit who was in us and around us today. Here are these words from 2 Corinthians. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use such boldness of speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Moses' face shone with the glory of God. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the ready of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It is in and through Jesus that we lift the veil from our faces and experience and reflect God's glory. We see it today in the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, through healings, through words of knowledge, through gifts of prophecies. Imagine with me a mirror a mirror that we're holding up to each of our faces. How is God's glory reflected in you? Friends, are you hungry? Are you hungry for God's divine glory, his presence, his word? He's waiting for you to seek him, to lift the veil. There is more. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And we take just a moment just to reflect on a word, a phrase, an image that you have spoken to us this morning. Father, we come before you and we just set fear at your feet. We let go of it. And God, we feel so much better when we feel like we're in control. But God, we lay control at your feet. And we trust you. And in the weights of life, we trust you. And just as you were with the Israelites, a, a pillar of, of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night, you are with us. You are all around us. So God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see in a heart to know that whatever it is that we know, that you are right here with us. We desire to know you more. And we dare to lift this veil to see you. God, please allow your glory to be reflected in our lives. There is more. And God, we want more of you. We thank you that you meet us here today. And we glorify and praise your holy name. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen.